Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a rich like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. T'was blind, but now I see. Thank you for joining me. This is Wendy Buffington, and you just heard my granddaddy, the Reverend Dennis Kiesler, singing a piece of Amazing Grace. Today's message is entitled Death Row, and I hope you enjoy it. I want to thank you, Sister Vernis, and you and Brother H.L. for coming this day. You've blessed my heart, and it's kind of opened up a flood of beautiful memories back down through the years. Having served in that area, right, they live right behind the church that Francis and I kind of raised our family. We began our family over at Jefferson and then moved over to Nicholson, and they kind of helped us raise them. And just one of the things that I, you know, these things come to your mind and you, it kind of breaks you up a little bit. I was preaching one Sunday morning. And I don't know why I did it, but I was preaching away and I had been uh, out on the streets and walking and visiting and for some reason I just held up the bottom of my feet, one of them, my foot. And I said, look at that, I wore these souls out on the pavement and on the streets, walking, visiting, going to the hospital. When the service was over, he gave me enough money to buy me a new pair of shoes. I'll never forget that, Brother H.L. Love you for that. This has been very good. And then this beautiful couple that's saying about that, watching the gates. I don't know, I'm a little emotional this morning, but just thinking about going to heaven. It's just going to be wonderful. But there's... There's a battle that we must fight. And as I said... In the Sunday school class this morning, surveying and looking at the people as they came in and listening to the taught word of God. And thinking about the mission of this church. And I certainly want it to be a mission of winning the lost. And we're not having this brush arbor meeting for the novelty of it. Even though there are those that have never seen or never been to a brush arbor meeting. Neither are we having the vacation Bible school just to have something to do. The young lady is just going to be working in the department of taking care of the little ones and teaching there and while the brush arbor is going on 
the bottom line, we want to win souls. We can't afford not to. Oh, as I listened to Brother Larry this past Wednesday night as he taught so superbly about the end time, what's going to take place, my heart began to burn within me more than ever. Let's get our people ready to meet God. Let's tell people about Jesus. I feel more like weeping this morning than I do endeavoring to preach. I have a couple thoughts on my mind that I wanted to talk about. And I may just talk on a little bit of both of them. I would like to talk just for a little bit about the riches of the redeemed. And that's so wonderful. My wife asked me what I was going to speak on this morning. And I said, death row. And this all comes together. You see, so many of our prisons today are, they're overcrowded. And there are those that their lives have been taken in the recent days and weeks, gone to the electric chair. Thousands of people in America are on death row. And how heartbreaking this is to the families and the communities and all the surroundings. But my mind goes back a few years ago when I would go with our church from Nicholson to the Jackson County Correctional Institute. We'd have services and men would come out from their cells and come into the area. The bars would be between us. We'd sing. I'd talk to them. They would be those who would bow their heads and pray and accept the Lord as their Savior. But as I told the men that were there, I said, you are behind these physical bars there are men in our society, women, boys, and girls in our society that's encased by the bars of sin. They're not visible as the bars that we were between us that divided us. But as I thought last night in pre preparing and reading over until about the midnight hour, that thought of so many people on death row. And you don't have to go a half mile from this church. And our neighbors, our friends and our loved ones, they're on death row. You see, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Now that's it, folks. My heart's touched this morning. My heart is moved this morning with the thought. We have a beautiful church. 
We have a beautiful church family. But we have our loved ones, we have our children, we have our brothers and sisters. We have our neighbors that are on death row. And maybe that's what I'm going to just have to stick with this morning for just a moment. Is the fact that they're on death row. And not talk about the beauties of the riches of the redeemed. You see, when we give our heart to Jesus, more than 50 years ago, I came off death row. I gave my heart to Him. I made a commitment to Christ. And consequently, I'm not on death row. And that's the richest that I would like to have talked about this morning is the fact that I've been redeemed. But as I sit and stand and lay on the bed and think of that dramatic reality that our loved ones, our neighbors, our boys and girls are on death row, I think it would be if we could grasp this, and if we would come to the real knowledge of it, that there would be less eating, there would be more fasting, there would be less pleasure for the physical body, there would be more time spent alone with God in prayer, agonizing with God. and that love and that zeal to reach them. I had thought I've been mixed in my feelings about the message for today. I had thought about talking on what's right with the church. You see, we're going to open the doors of the church tonight. There are going to be those that are going to join the little lady that's saying John's wife, she's going to join for one. Others are planning on joining. And this is why I kind of wanted to talk about what's right with the church. It's easy for us to be critical of the church. It's easy for us to find fault with the church. It's easy for us to pass our judgment on a church. But there's a lot of good things about the church. It's the greatest institution that's ever been. The fact that Jesus initiated the church and set it into motion. And we're part of the church. We're part of the body. This morning, I think of the responsibility of the church of going out and reaching those that are on death row and bringing them, introducing them to Jesus. I want you to visualize with me just for a moment, just for a moment, and then I'm going to, going to bring the service to a close. My, we could have left when the young ones finished singing that song, I just keep watching the gate. We could have left with our hearts elated and lifted. And Sister Howard was saying, just inside the gate, and that other beautiful chorus that she sang, we could have left here with all of our hearts lifted.
give me just a moment. I want us to picture in our minds two families. I don't know them. They could be any family. They could be your family. Especially on one category. But maybe in the lower income class, which perhaps some of us fit in that category. We can see a family. We can see a daddy. And we can see a mother. And we can see the children. Two, three, or maybe more. As they sit around the table and they eat the very common food, maybe beans, potatoes, nothing fancy. Maybe on the side of the table or on the shelf there is a Bible that's well worn. Brother Aaron, he, he'll never know how much he blessed our hearts some time ago in the brotherhood when he thumbed through that well-worn Bible, that Dake's Bible that he's got, and I looked at the pages worn and how it had been worn. And I thank the Lord for men who look at the Bible. But this is a family that we can see. There's the Bible that's well-worn, that's read, and there's the children that, in obedience, bow their heads and they pray and ask God's blessings upon the food. We can see them as they read the Bible and as they have love for one another. We look at this family that works hard and then on Sunday morning, they dress, maybe not so very fine, but they're clean. And they go to church. We can see them as they open the song books and they sing. We can see them on the past plate in the offering. They don't have much to give, but they, but they give. We can see them as they sit, sit in the audience and listen attentively to the pastor or the minister as he preaches the Word of God. When the service is over, we can see them friendly, loving, caring, fellowshipping with their neighbors. Then we can see them as they go homeward. Then on Sunday night, the same thing. Wednesday night, the same thing. Revival meetings, brush over meetings, the same thing. They're there. That family, that family is happy because they're including Christ in their home. We look at another family. That fortune has smiled upon them. Made so much money. 
the plush carpet in the home, the sterling silver on the tables, the imported china, the chandeliers hanging in the appropriate places. We can see them as they sat down to their sumptuous meals. Never, never regard God. Never say thank you, Lord, for this food. Never go to church. Never read the Bible. Could sneer when you mention going to church or becoming a Christian. Not, not every rich person or families like this. There are many millionaires that love the Lord tenderly and are using their means and are helping. I'm not talking about that family. But I'm talking about the people that don't know Jesus. I'm talking about those that have left the Master out. But there's coming a day when we're going to stand before the judge. Those are the people that are on death row. Those are the people that are not happy. It doesn't make for happiness. Although it may be those of us that are struggling and you might have a different attitude. You might say, well, if I have so much money, that's going to mean that I'll be happier. I can go places. Yes, let me just be very candid sometimes when God blesses people materially. They forget God. They buy the automobiles that can carry them for thousands of miles and they buy the boats and they go out on the lakes and the mountains and the beaches and they forget God. That's tragic. That's tragic. All oh, there's so many things. But I'm, my message this morning, well, Maybe I'm not following a pattern, but, but God just, I don't know, I'm just endeavoring to be led by the Spirit of the Lord. Are we going to put Him first in our lives? Are we going to be able to step inside the gate that Sister Howland's and sing about? When I think of the riches of the redeemed, we have been set free. I'm going to read one passage of scripture, and then we're going to close. This is in that beautiful chapter of Romans, the eighth chapter. You might want to remember that. You might want to read that, this entire chapter. But the very first verse is all that I'm going to read this morning. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. No condemnation. Oh, the riches of the redeemed. He did not say no temptations. He did not say to those that there'd be no trials. But he said there is no, therefore now no condemnation 
Oh, to be condemned. And the Bible clearly teaches the wages of sin is death. We're condemned already. We're born in sin. But oh, to make that commitment to Jesus. My heart was deeply moved when I stepped to the door in the hospital at on Saturday <coughs> or Friday maybe it was and I went to the door and I looked and I saw this crumbly boy the last time I remember, really remember seeing him, it was on a softball field. He was so very agile, perhaps one of the quickest, and he could throw the ball from outfield over into first base at just almost on a complete straight line with not much of an arch to it. He had lots of strength. And I was so shocked and saddened, knowing his life history, kind of, knowing the family. His mentality is almost gone. I got on my knees in the hospital right in front of him. And I said, Riley, I know that you've never lived for Jesus. But you're a sick man now. And you're not going to live. And he nodded his head as he was tied with his hands tied as he sat. And he sat in the chair with a diaper on. Just a part of his shirt on, his arms tied. And it was tied around his body. And he kept saying to his baby brother, he would move, he said, let's go, let's go. I sat down, stooped down with him, talked to him. And you see, he lived his life. And never went to church. He's on death row. And I said to him, Riley, the Lord loves you and he'll forgive you. And would you pray with me? He looked out of his eyes as though he was not totally conscious of what I was saying. But finally, he responded and I heard him say, Lord, forgive me. And I'm so glad that he said that. Because you see, Jesus has that compassion. The thief that died on the cross, Jesus forgave him in his last hour. We have so many friends and so many loved ones that's away from God and they're on death row. But oh, the riches of the redeemed, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. So I'm so thankful that as a young boy, I came off death row. I'm not on death row anymore. But I'm 
among the redeemed. Oh yes, I have my problems and my trials and the battle gets rough. And sometimes we wonder, are we going to be able to make it? But God's grace is sufficient. Would you bow your heads with us, please? But like so much to see that man or that woman, that boy or that girl that's under the sound of my voice now. If you don't have that complete happiness, if you don't have that complete assurance that, that I'm not on death row. I'd like you to step out and come to this altar. Kneel before Jesus. Not before me, not before the church. But before Jesus. If you're not sure, if you're not satisfied with your personal relationship with Jesus, would you step out from your seat right now and come? Would you do that? Would you do that? This is your day. If you're not satisfied with your relationship with Jesus, come. The invitation is given. It may be that that you're not totally where you feel like you need to be and you would like to rededicate your life to Jesus you'd like to pray you'd like to come would you come this is your opportunity I don't know about your personal relationship with Jesus, but you know. I used to think we had all the time. You want to come to this altar this morning and let's just talk to Jesus. Don't sit there and wipe the tears. Oh, tears are beautiful and I love to see them. But if you want to really rededicate your life to Him, why don't you just come? Would you stand with me? Everybody stand with me. That might be a little Dark easier for someone just to step out and go. Say night is stealing on while we wait. God it's bless us. It's going to feel her and day is gone. So many die. Never knowing why Jesus came. In his nail scarred hand, as a deed to a land of a bond of you, there's sin.
beautiful to be redeemed. No condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. But there's the opposite side. There are those that are condemned. Now, don't forget the service tonight begins at 6.30. And we plan to open the doors of the church tonight and I'm just praying and believing the Lord's going to give us several new members and those that become new members I want them to feel the load the responsibility of winning others of being the witness that they need to be and because of a heavy schedule this afternoon we will not have choir practice at 530 uh, she and I were supposed to go over to Jefferson, Georgia to some friends of ours, a 50th wedding anniversary. So we'll have a, a busy day. But meet with us tonight at, uh, at 6.30 and uh, let's, let's just worship the Lord. Is there anything further to be said? All lines clear. Just in the event that someone is not, now I'm hoping all of you are back here tonight. Every one of you. But in the event that for some reason, and I hope it will be a good one, that you're not here, don't forget the announcements. Tomorrow afternoon or tomorrow evening, about 6 o'clock, we're going to be working. Now, I don't know if Brother Leland has been working, and there may be a need of some men working uh, on the building back here. And then, of course, uh, we are making preparations for the brush hour. All right?